We're going to um, have panel part two today, for those of you who were here last, last week. That's going to continue. So while we just get the chairs up here and so on, why don't I invite, I'm going to invite Kirsty up to lead us. Yeah, we had such a great panel last week. Who enjoyed that? Who's here? Yeah. Enjoyed that. We ha I had um, a lot of other questions that we didn't get to for the sake of time. So we decided that today, um, I was just going to get the pastors up today. So those of you who were on the panel last week and are like, what? I didn't know we were doing this. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, you're not having to come up to this one. I'm going to um, chat to our pastors, Chris and Vicky, about some more things about prayer. Um, so I hope that that, um, that it encourages you guys in your prayer life even further than last week. Um, why don't you take a seat and the band can take a seat too and let's invite Pastor Chris up here to join us as well. Hello there. Hello. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as I said last week, we had our, our four panellists and we talked about, um, we had a number of different ways that these, that these four different people um, sort of spent their prayer life, how they heard from God, um, you know, the different ways that they heard from God. We heard a whole lot of stories about God answering prayers, which was awesome. Um, so if you guys maybe could just sort of quickly summarise from that, um, or, you know, what, what, what can we learn about that from prayer? What is, what is it? How does it look? Um, why is it important? Okay. Um, I think the great thing about prayer is it can look any way you want it to. Um, a lot of the things in the Bible, I mean, people, for instance, use the Lord's Prayer as a, as a great model uh, for prayer because notice um, Jesus didn't say um, this is what you should pray. He actually said this is how you should pray. So it's, it's actually a model of how to pray rather than just repeating the Lord's Prayer. I think I, I gave you my five-second version of how to pray it really quickly, which, of course, is about as, as meaningful to God as it is to you when you're just trying to get the words out that fast. Um, but it's really the, the Bible is full of tools to help us come to a place where we can comfortably um, communicate with God. And how we do that is often up to the individual. Uh, the important thing is, is that we do it. And, and I think that, um, from last week, it's really a question of finding a time. Uh, can be in the morning or the evening or, or even just during the day. While you're driving your car, while you're in the shower. Yep. There were different examples we yep. heard last week. I've had some yep. really funny looks praying in tongues while I'm driving along. <laughs> um, it's not so bad these days. People just assume you're on the phone. But <laughs> yeah, or singing. Yeah, back in the early days, it was, yeah. And I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm reiterating what you said, but um, I, think, I think the basic thing that we got out of last week was um, that we need to pray, as you said, that we need to, that, that prayer is actually communication with, with God and it's, it's building a relationship with him and, and um, the same as building a relationship with a person, you need to actually spend time with them and you need to talk with them and listen, spend time listening as well. Yeah. I think we talked about all of that last yeah. week. So, yeah, the yeah. important thing is actually to do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking about prayer and how often for people that can sort of be triggered by a need that we have. If, we're, if we don't have a, um, a structured prayer life in place, a time that we always do it or a way that we always do it, sometimes it's just triggered by a need 
when we need something, when, when something's going on, we're sort of transient prayers and we'll pray when, when we want something from God or, um, you know, life gets hard and we, we pray for help. And there's nothing wrong with that. God wants us to do that, of course. Um, but even more, he wants us to be people who are praying at all times, um, you know, praying in our peaceful, restful times as well, um, praying because we're thankful for the things that God is doing at the moment, um, praying into our future, praying um, for others around us who might need it, um, praying for things that we don't even know about but we just maybe get a prompting to pray. Sometimes um, I've heard stories of people just being woken up even in the middle of the night feeling to pray and they have no idea why and sometimes it's while later they find out, you know, they might be thinking of a person and they find out something that was going on with them and realise they were interceding for that person at that time. So, you know, the more you're connected with God, the more he's likely to sort of do things like that with you. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys, you know, how do we, as I said, it's not, it's not wrong to pray for God for the things we need. He wants us to go to him. He wants us to be praying. But how do we sort of turn that from just, those times where we need it or only praying about ourselves to, to having an outward focus to our prayer life also. How can we do that? You want me to go first? <laughs> okay, you won't have anything to say when I've finished. <laughs> I'll, take it, I'll take it again. Maybe that's her plan. <laughs> um, well, I, I like complete explanations. Um, I think... <laughs> It sounded like you were saying I wouldn't give a complete explanation, but that's not oh, what you actually no, meant, was what it? I mean is just, I'll, I'll cover everything and then leave the class. Just clarify. <laughs> uh, not that Vicky doesn't have anything to say, far from it. Um. <laughs> this, is, this is going well. This is, this is not going how you wanted it to go. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I, just answer I, the question, let's move on. I can confirm nor deny I did that on purpose. Um, Pred, I think... Our culture individualises things a lot. And if, if we read the Bible properly, we actually discover that the New Testament church was very much a community-based and organised entity. Um, and the individualness as we think of it today uh, didn't really exist that, back then. People didn't, we didn't think of, of me first uh, back then like, you know, the... the the individual is all-powerful and all-important in today's culture. Uh, and back then it certainly wasn't. And so I think the secret for us is that although it's really important that we have our own personal relationship with God, our prayer life needs to be driven out of our church life as much as our personal inner life because God has put us in community. And I think if we engage ourselves in the church community, if we, we go to church on Sundays, if we, if we connect with people at dinner parties and things like that, we are around other people. And hopefully, naturally, those people will then enter our thoughts and become part of our prayer life because we are around them. We get to hear their needs. We get to hear their desires. We get to hear their, their, their issues and their problems. And hopefully for us as... as um, generous people, that should then enter into our prayer life. As we're praying, we sort of think, yes, well, I remember Brendan talked about the, fa the fact that he, you know, he crashed his bike last week and, and injured himself and he wants a new bike. Let, I, I, perhaps I'll, I'll pray for Brendan uh, and pray for his uh, new electric that bike. That which, didn't just happen. That happened a while ago, actually. Yeah, but he got a new bike. <laughs> he and I'm claiming that. Um, uh, <laughs> retrospectively. Um, <laughs> 
but the, these are the sort of things that uh, uh, the outward focus of our prayer doesn't doesn't come from just this. It, well, it can, but I don't think it, it comes mainly from the, the pricking of our conscience to think about other people. It actually comes from being around other people. So yeah, I think that's good. you know our prayer life needs to come out of what we're what we're we're doing in our life as much as making a conscious effort to say, well, now I've prayed for myself, I must pray for other people. Uh, hopefully, uh, if if we're doing what God's asked us to do in our church community, that should come naturally. I feel like that's when any sort of prayer stuff fails is when you're going, I'm supposed to do this, I'm supposed to pray for others, I'm supposed to pray for myself. I'm spo-. When it comes out of just the life you're living, one that is about God, it's about your community, it's just going to, you know, and you, you just have God in your heart, it's going to flow naturally. But also an addendum to that, uh, pastors especially and other members of the congregation too are not clairvoyant. <laughs> the, the, is this? Uh, in fact, that's to do with witchcraft, I think. So it's <laughs> not part of our culture. But I think there's, there's. I, I get a lot of people who say, "Well, you know, nobody ever prayed for me." And my question is, them is, did you tell anybody that you needed <laughs> prayer? Uh, a lot of people have said, "Well, I was sick last week and nobody rang." Well, did you tell anybody you were sick? <laughs> I mean, because people often assume that there's this. You know, the Holy Ghost just goes around and tells everybody, oh, look, um, uh, Richard's sick, so you need to pray for him. And, uh, no, and, and don't ring the pastors and tell us you're sick. This is why we, we actually have a church structure where we have smaller groups, we have dinner parties and things. It's actually um, for people to connect with each other in smaller groups, get your, your dinner party uh, to, to pray for you or, or uh, your Bible study group or whatever. Get the people who are closest to you around you, not just us. Uh, I, I, I hate to break this to you, but there is no prayer hierarchy in the church. Uh, my prayers are not more powerful than your prayers and I do not have a broadband hotline to God whereas you're on dial-up. Um, it, it's, yeah, it, Who's on the NBN then? Uh, I think God trashed that in favour of wireless. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Just saying. Uh, but uh, I've forgotten what... Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, James tells us that the prayers of righteous people uh, are powerful. Yeah. And uh, we, we're not the only two righteous ones, in fact. <laughs> Far from it. <laughs> yeah, as you're probably discovering very quickly. But that's all right. <laughs> Thankfully, it's him who makes us right. Just been thrown under the bus. <laughs> Not our actions. <laughs> Carry on. Did you oh. have anything to say on that one? No. Um, no. Other than I told you that would happen. He covered it all. <laughs> I don't know. I've I've written down here corporate prayer. Or you're going to? We were going to move into that. Uh, okay. Well, soon. I won't. Before we that. before we do that, I did want to ask as well. So if we're um, you know, I also talked about praying into our futures, and so if we were, um, you know, wanting to incorporate in our prayer life, praying for um, for C three Norwood, praying into the vision and the future of C three, what are some things that we can be thinking about if we're praying for that? And I'm I'm sure we'll sort of cover that more next week. And I love my church Sunday, but well. Private discussion on just having discussion what, on what can we say. Are you starting this one? <laughs> Look, there. I mean, one of the, the starting point, really, in terms of the church, is first of all the people, as we yeah. have discussed. I mean, we're here to pray and love one another first. So, um, 
pray for, I should say, and love one another. Um, so knowing what is going on with the people around us is our, is our you know, starting point. We can begin to pray and lift one another up in prayer. And as we do that, the whole body is lifted up. So that's really important that we actually acknowledge that and we begin to do that. So as we've talked about, it's not just personal prayers, but it's prayer for others. And it's good to pray to your level of faith too. I mean, Pastor Phil has just put out a vision for C3 Global to have a million worshippers in C3 churches around the world. Now, for some people, that, that's the exciting thing to pray for. But others, it's like, whoa, I, I can't even imagine a million people. Uh, never mind, pray for them. Um, and so you need to break it down. I mean, let me tell you, the most important thing you can do as a church is pray for your pastors. Um, we, we need prayer. Um, there's this, I think there's a, a feeling that you know, we can do everything because God somehow anoints us to do it. No, we, we need prayer. We get attacked a lot more um, because we're leading a church and it, it helps if we know that we're being prayed for. So that, that's, that's an easy, easy thing. Pray for your leaders. Pray for, your, yeah. um, for, for youth. You know, pray for Cody and, and, and his team. Uh, find something that that you you, is, you can be passionate about and just pray pray for it. Uh, if you can if you can picture a million people and that excites you, pray for the vision of of Pastor Phil of C three Global. Uh, if if you feel you need to have something that you can feels more real to you, then pick that. Um, but um, it's good. Yeah, that, that that in terms of the church, I mean, it's hard because we set goals as a church. But we're always conscious of the fact that when a church set go sets goals, a church is people. And so our, our goals are about people. If we, if we have a goal to grow the church, that, that's not, it's, it's not like setting a sales target in a business. Growing the church involves introducing people to Jesus Christ and, and changing their life by, by bringing... Uh, their creator into their lives and, and changing their worldview and, and bringing healing and, and compassion and love into their lives. So yeah, when we set goals for things like, you know, increase in numbers, increasing people coming to church, going to prayer, going to dinner parties, stuff like that, it's actually all about us as individuals reaching out to other individuals who don't know Jesus. Uh, and so you can always break it down to that. Even a million people worshipping in church requires the fact that the people worshipping in church now communicate with other people to introduce them to Jesus. So, and pray for them. And yeah. pray for them. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's great. Um, so you mentioned corporate prayer before. Some of you may have heard that term. It sounds very businesslike. It sounds very corporate. <laughs> what, what does corporate prayer actually mean? I mean, you go. corporate prayer is when we come together as a body and we begin to lift up not our plans but his plans and, and hear from God himself for his plans for our future. So it's, it's coming together in agreement over those things. And what it actually does is it shows that we are not just a group of listeners but we're actually a body at work or an army at war, I've written down here, or a congregation at worship. It's important that we spend those times where we actually come together, that we don't do everything as individuals, but we do it as a community, as a group, 
as a body together. And that unity is really important. I think there's probably an issue too with the, the whole, the sound of corporate prayer. Uh, I think today when you say corporate, people go to corporation. Whereas the word corporate in a biblical sense is actually cor like corporeal, which is the body. And so the corporate prayer is actually the body of Christ praying. So when, when we talk about our all-in prayer on Wednesday nights, uh, or, our, or we talk about, and it's, it's hard not to use the term corporate um, because it's convenient for that, but when we do, I want your minds to actually go to the fact that it's body. It's the body of Christ praying. Uh, there is no, you know, I don't want people to get the idea that when we, when we have our prayer meetings that's like, Official that you've got to wear a suit and tie, and and um, and, and there's somehow rules and regulations about it. It's the body of Christ coming together to pray for the will of God for His church. Um, and one of the important things I believe about corporate prayer is is this whole idea of unity, because God is actually looking for His church to be of one mind, one purpose, one direction, um, not necessarily. <laughs> that one direction, um, but to be, I, to, to be actually effective at what we do. And the, the only way that we can do that is to come together and pray because, you know, if we're all alone in our prayer closets, I've got no idea what Liz is praying or Loretta or, or Laura or um, I can't see anybody else, uh, Brett, um, because we, we don't communicate. We've got our own – but when we come together, that's when we can actually talk about, you know, God's purpose in the life of the church. We can talk about, um, we can encourage one another. I mean, one of the things that it says is that in, in, uh, in Acts is to, to meet together and to confess our sins and to encourage one another. Now, most of us bulk at the idea of, oh, I'm not going to a prayer meeting with 40 other people there and confess my sins. That, that seems a bit strong. But it's actually to go there to, and it's not a question if we all come with a list and say, oh, this week I kicked the dog, um, I swore at my grandmother, um, you know, I, I uh, was, was really rude to the guy who cut me off in traffic. Um, and uh, and it's not, it's, but it's a question of coming to, together and confessing our weaknesses and, and telling people where we need support. It's not, it's not a list of our, our mis wrongs and misguided actions. It's a question of coming and saying, look, you guys, I need prayer in this area. You know, I, I'm, I'm going for a job. I, I, I don't know whether I'm the right person for the job, but it's something I, that's really important to me. Can you pray for me? Um, it's not saying, look, I've stuffed up my last job and I need another one quickly. Um, I've been really bad at it. Please pray for me. I mean, you can put it that way if that's true, but you don't have to. But it's a question of looking to uh, what you, areas you need prayer in. Now, if we need prayer, we're, we're actually admitting a weakness. And that is it's good to do because we're all weak in – well, we need to confess that we're weak in all areas, really, because it's God's strength that's bringing us through. But that's what it means to come together as the body of Christ. It's actually seeking the will of God for us as a church. So that can look like um, a whole lot of different things. You know, you, you might have a – you might just catch up with someone on a Sunday and talk about how you want prayer for something. They can pray for you right there and then. Some people have a person or a group of people that they might, you know, have their own little prayer teams Cor together. Corporates, or, two or more. Yeah, we're, we're two, two or, or more, more gathered, yeah. <laughs> um. Dinner parties, 
you know, we, all, we always have a prayer time at the end of dinner parties. We ask people if they've got any needs. We, you know, we've had stories of where we've prayed for something and the next fortnight someone's come back and said, you know, that was awesome. God came through, changed my circumstances or changed my attitude or whatever it was. Um, yeah, and, and then, of course, there is our monthly all-in prayer nights where the focus on that is, I guess, is a bit more about the church, where we're going, praying into that, praying for different areas. But, yeah, they're all important. Yeah, you, you, you may wonder why we, we're talking about the importance of corporate prayer. Um, I mean, Jesus, for instance, and I think I've got the scripture there in the Gospel of Mark, he, he actually modelled the, the whole idea of being alone and praying to God. Uh, he, he went up on a mountain to pray. He took himself away from the crowds to pray. I think it says in, in the, there, you know, he, he went out to an isolated place to pray. And so we know that personal prayer is important because of the way Jesus modelled it. But if you look at in the book of Acts, um, the first thing we discover is that the disciples, um, the, the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Oh, I can see it up there. Good point. Um, but everybody loves the back of my head because it's so shiny. Um, and, and I think uh, when the Holy Ghost came, when Jesus said, you know, I leave, but I, 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 the Holy Ghost is coming, it's better, far better that he comes than I stay because he, he's going to be everywhere with you. Um, there was a focus change of not just personal prayer, but this whole community thing. And uh, you might say, yeah, but it doesn't say community prayer there. It just says prayer. Um, but if you look earlier in Acts, even before the Holy Spirit came, um, there's a, a, a scripture there that talks about the fact that um, the disciples all got together. I think I've got it there. They met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women and the brothers of Jesus. So people, even before the Holy Spirit was start, came, were starting to start a culture of coming together in prayer. And so th this is why um, I think it's actually important that we incorporate that, not because uh, we want to get numbers on to, into a, a prayer meeting to say that we had a successful one or anything, but this whole idea of the unity of the church, yeah. I think, is echoed when Paul talks about the church as a body and the fact that we're all called to do uh, the things that the part of our body calls us to do, um, but that in, we are united in that body, and I think corporate prayer is what unites us in that purpose. And uh, so, uh, you know, for me, that, that's a really important part of church life. I think that one of the reasons why um, that's important and it does unite us is because it actually creates a genuine love and concern for others as, as we hear from others and we hear what's going on in their worlds and we lift them up in prayer together. That love and concern for other people, because, because as you said earlier, we live in a, in a day and age where it's very much about me. And we forget sometimes, or sometimes we just don't know what is going on with the people around us. But as we come together in prayer and we hear those things, we're made aware and we're able to come alongside them. We do that on Sundays as well. And now, you know, we prayed for the prayer needs of the church. And we often say when we're up here encouraging you guys to pray with us that 
um, you know, there's there's some things on the screen. We say maybe you've got something yourself, but there are people around you who might have needs. And maybe at that moment when you're praying, you don't have anything, you don't know of anybody, but we've listed some things that we know are things that people go th- are going through or go through. Um, so we put them there to help you out so that we can pray together, be united and believing in that. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else to add? Otherwise I think we... Um, well, just, just the thing with, with corporate prayer as well, I was just thinking back to the time I was first invited to a prayer meeting. Um, and because I, I was had a very naive idea of of what church was about when I, I first came to Christ. I'd had a, a, a fairly traditional church upbringing where everything was laid out and you know, basically if you're a member of the congregation, you didn't do anything except respond um, because you know, the clergy had that in hand. You didn't have to worry about that sort of stuff. And so I was invited to this prayer meeting and we were, it was 6 o'clock in the morning. We were at Christian Brothers College for some reason. I don't know why. Um, and we're all standing in a circle and people started to pray and suddenly with horror I realised that they were going round the circle <laughs> and that at some point it was going to come to me and I was expected to pray. And uh, We don't do that at our prayer meetings. Buffy. No, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I nearly sawed my underwear. Um, I, I was not somebody who was given to utterance in public places um, certainly in terms of prayer, which I, I'd never done in public. And, uh, and uh, admittedly, what I did was um, stay quiet long enough so that the person next to me thought it was probably their turn and they just <laughs> carried on. Um, I, I didn't actually step up to the plate that time. But it, it made me understand that the fear that a lot of people have about coming to uh, a, an all-in prayer or something is the fact that they're going to be embarrassed that somebody's going to walk up to them, put a microphone in their face and say, here, you pray. Um, and there are people here who will attest to the fact that that happens. But I will point out that they are all members of the leadership team uh, or uh, have been long-serving members of the church who... Uh, are, we know they can do it. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't pack, pick on random... So if it's your first time at a prayer meeting, it's like, oh, no, more fresh meat, here, you pray. Um, so I, I just want to encourage people to come along... The, the, we encourage people to step out and and contribute and interact, but by no means is a, is a bad thing just to come along and not say a thing, just experience what's happening um, and be a part of that and, until you can be bold. It's a discipline. Praying is a discipline whether you're praying uh, individually or as a group. Um, and it's, it takes overcoming. It took me a long time to overcome that fear. Mainly, especially when I heard other people who prayed really well, and I thought, gosh, I can't pray like that. What have they been reading? And most of it was the old King James Bible because it sounded, oh, thou Lord, bless us up. And, and it sort of sounded really good. But oh, So I, I've actually learned in my prayer life to pray really badly because I find it encourages other people. Um, that I, I just talk to God and sometimes you know, I'll be at a prayer meeting and say, oh, sorry, Lord, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, but anyway, Lord, we know you're good, and uh, and, and it's not put on, but it's it's important to be real about what we do. And so, I just want to leave you with, with encouragement. If you want to pray anywhere, whether it's your own prayer life or in a prayer meeting, or you, you want something to to pray about, use your hand. 
It's a really easy one. You start with your thumb. Now, who knows your thumb's different, supposable to all the others. Hold your thumb up and you think, the first thing I've got to pray for is God. You pray for God's mercy, God's glory. You just give him glory that he is the person that he is. You lift up his name. You thank him for everything that he's done. You thank him for all that he's doing. You tell him how wonderful he is, how you appreciate creation and everything else. The first thing you do is you pray to God. And you just pray about God and you thank God and nothing else. And then the first finger is your pointing finger. So then you just pray about anything you can point to. You want to pray for Loretta? Let's pray for Loretta. You want to see that business across the road? Let's pray for that business. That driver that cut me off just then, let's point at him and let's pray for him. <laughs> uh, sometimes that's hard. but so, any, so that's the second thing. Anything you can point at. Pray for anybody, anything, uh, anything that you can see or feel, just pray for it. I'm worried about the next finger. <laughs> <laughs> the next finger, guess what, is the tallest finger. The tallest finger is so that you can pray for people in authority. Now, I know most of us would like to pray for people in authority like that, <laughs> but let's not take that. It's, it's the one that stands head and shoulders above the other fingers. And so we need to pray for people, not just in, in, a, in parliamentary authority, because I know where you're all going, but even you know, pray for your pastors. We, we've been put in authority over this church. Pray for people in uh, local government. You know, pray, it doesn't matter who you voted for, pray for ScoMo and his cabinet. Pray for anybody whose name you know from the Senate or the House of Representatives. Um, because the, the Bible actually tells us to submit to those who are in authority, whether we actually believe in their policies or not. Um, and so we need to, submission is to pray for them. Pray that God blesses them. Perhaps pray that God changes their mind or, or makes them honest or whatever you like, but pray for them. And the fourth thing, the fourth finger is our covenant finger. There, that's where you pray for people you're in a covenant relationship with, your family, obviously. It's the one you wear your, your wedding ring on, so pray for your spouse. Pray for your kids. Pray for your extended family. Pray for your covenant family, your church family, people you are bound to by the covenant of God. And so that's where it's great to pray for people's needs because you, you often know more about covenant people than you do other people. So pray for them. And the last finger is your little finger. Your little finger is your weakest finger, the easiest to break, the smallest one. And that's a reminder to pray for the vulnerable people in society. Pray for the poor. Pray for the outcast. Pray for the, the downhearted. Pray for the, the sick, the struggling, and all of those people. And if you can do that, if you can use your hand, look at your finger, who can I pray for? Can I pray for someone vulnerable? Can I pray for one of our leaders? Um, the, Actually, that's probably a bad picture for you to go home with. But <laughs> do, do that one. Pray, pray, for, your, leaders, pray for your pray leaders. leaders. Head and shoulders above us. Um, and sometimes that takes prayer just to even believe that. Um, but, and, and you can use that praying alone or you can use that in, in a, a corporate prayer situation. You can be with other people and you think, well, what, do, what, do I, what, what can I pray? And you can just look at your hands and say, well, let's pray for the covenant people, people who are in covenant with me. Or, uh, what can we point at? Let's pray for you. Um, and so that's just something, because often we, we complicate things. So just use that God, anything we can see or point at, our leaders, the people we're in covenant with and the weak and vulnerable in our society. And we can that's use great. that wherever we are. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So there we go. That's fantastic. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to hand back over to you um, because I know you wanted to, to pray. Some yes, people I do want to pray for some people. This morning as well to 
And uh, in fact, I want to pray for everyone. Right. I'm, I'm just like that. Um, <laughs> you think I'm generous? It's just that I think you all need prayer. Because <laughs> who, who knows? We judge other people based on us. And I think, well, I need prayer, so you all must need prayer. <laughs> um, we've got to be careful t- taking that too far. But can I can I get everybody to stand? And when you. When, when we pray for people, sometimes I think because one of the things that, that God puts on my heart is to prophesy over people. And I find that really difficult. I don't see myself as a prophetic person, sometimes as a pathetic person, um, but very rarely prophetic. And so I've discovered that God often sneaks up on me and I, I just pray something over somebody and five minutes later I'm still praying for them, but I've prophesied over them because it just happens that way. Um, but initially, what, what I'd really like to do, uh, and I think you know, Cody started that this morning, is just pray for healing for people. But I want to... Heal, healing's a, a weird one. Because, I mean, it isn't a gift of healing. It's a gift of healings. So every prayer that you pray for healing is a separate one. There's not just one prayer. You know, I pray that you're all healed in Jesus' name. Um, it, it can be very specific. But I believe that healing always takes a step of faith. So I want to ask you just quickly this morning before we finish, if you need healing this morning, can you just step out into this altar? Take a step of faith to come out here and believe that God is going to do something. And now, you might have something that's really seriously wrong with you or you just might be suffering from mild hay fever. God does not differentiate between severity of sickness. He says, I have... I have created you as a wonderful being if it's not operating the way I designed it you can come for prayer and believe that God can change that thing I mean I but it and it requires different sorts of prayer I used to suffer from hay fever it took a lot of prayer to actually stop that and there was a time I can remember I used to work at Adelaide University and I used to ride home to Paynham every day and as I, I rode in the springtime through St. Peter's, there's all of those trees with flowers. And as I'd, rise, I'd, as I'd ride, I'd start to sneeze. And by I got past the first street, my eyes would be streaming, there'd be snot running down my face. It wasn't a pretty look. Um, and so I started to pray. And so I, I'd start in the parklands before I got there, and I'd be praying, Lord, I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that I've beaten hay fever that is not with me. And I'd get halfway through St. Peter's, and I'd discover that I hadn't got hay fever. And I'd stop. And as soon as I stopped, back it came. And that happened week after week. And so I, I learnt basically to pray all the way home. Um, but I'm thinking, well, come on, how come this isn't working? How come as soon as I stop, this is, it's not long-lasting? And I don't know the answer. But what happened eventually was that I prayed long enough, I believed long enough that one day I realised that I'd stopped praying about it and I didn't have hay fever anymore. I haven't taken an antihistamine for years. Um, and it's, it's perseverance. Sometimes we're healed instantly and sometimes we just have to keep praying because we need to break something. And sometimes breaking things takes longer than we'd like. Amen? <laughs> so can I get all of you in, in the congregation just to put your hands out to these people and just start to pray under your breath in English or if you pray in tongues, just pray in tongues. And we want to start believing that God is moving in these people. He is moving in a way that is bringing their bodies to a place where 
God can work a miracle, where God can say, okay, this is, this is the body that I created you with. It is perfect in every way. That you are a perfect person. You are designed exactly as I created you. But sometimes we need to pray that into existence. So Lord, I pray right now. I pray the touch of your Holy Spirit upon every single person here. I thank you that whatever their affliction, their ailment, their problem, their issue, their disease, I thank you that your Holy Spirit right now is moving and working in their lives. As they have taken a step of faith to believe that you are the God of healing, that you are the God who has the best for them, their best life, their healthy life, their full life. I pray right now that you are working in them, that we can see a physical manifestation of what you do, that they are right now being healed. There is a process going on in the cells, the fibres, the blood of every single person here. Thank you, mighty God, for your healing touch. Thank you, Lord, that you are bringing fresh healing into their lives. I thank you, Lord, that their prayer life is infused with hope, trust and faith as they continue to pray for their healing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, just as I was praying for you, (laughs) for healing, God said something. Now, you have to be patient because he hasn't told me what he said yet. (laughs) But he, he wanted... I believe God wants me to encourage you that what he has put in you is not insignificant. That there's something inside of you which you hesitate to release because you think that somehow it's not good enough for God. That you think that you're going to be judged for what it is and that you're going to come up short. And I believe God is saying to you today that what he has put in you is never going to come up short. That he has put something in in you that is powerful and strong, but it needs a voice. And it's got to be your voice. You actually have to have that courage. Like Vicky said, Joshua was told five times, be strong and courageous. He said, very courageous. And I don't think he repeated it five times because it's something you can just say, oh, yep, no worries, I'm just going to be courageous. It's something you have to work at. And I believe God is saying, now is your time to step up. Now is your time to be strong. Now is your time to be courageous. Don't let what you think is holding you back hold you back because what God has put in you is actually ready to explode and to come out. But it's your voice. You speak it out. You have to believe it. You have to to speak it into being. I don't know what it is, but I look forward to hearing about it. That sounds... I'm I'm excited about that even if you aren't. I'm putting you on the preaching roster for next week. <laughs> no, no, we don't do that to people. That's right. <laughs> no, actually, just just as you guys could take your seats, um, just as a, an aside, um, we after after I love my church Sunday, we won't be doing a, a, another panel for a while. Um, I will actually be preaching. Um, uh, I think the title of my message. Yes, you may be seated. Uh, you guys can take a seat too if you like. Um, I think the working title for my, my series that's coming up is God, Who Is This Dude? Um, 
Uh, okay, so I might change the title there. That <laughs> didn't quite get the response I was looking for. <laughs> um, but it will be on um, who, who, who is the God that we serve and, and that we believe in and, and what are his characteristics and how, how do we actually connect uh, with God. And uh, as, as part of that and, and what I want to finish with uh, this morning is the fact that it's no good actually knowing about God unless we know God. I mean, it's academic, and if you want to be academic, that's fine, but the, the, you know, Christianity is about, not about academic study, it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so if we have a relationship, it, it's good to find out stuff. I mean, uh, when I first met my wife, we, we were introduced as uh, young people, and uh, I, I was quite taken. And so I, I wanted to find out as much about her as I could not so that I could write a book about it. Okay. This is the person called Vicky that I've met and I, I just wanted to share that with the world. I wanted to find out more about her so I would know how to interact uh, appropriately with her. And that's the same thing with, with God. If we want to know how to appropriately interact with God, we actually have to get to know God. And the way we do that is by actually letting him into our life. And we do that in this church by basically inviting people to say a prayer that says, okay, I'm here, Jesus. I'm now going to ask you to enter into a relationship with me. And I'm going to pray a prayer that, that basically says, Jesus, I open my heart to you. Please come in, change my life. I want to be a child of God. And that's the first step in actually having a relationship. That's what I did to Vicky, except I didn't use flowery words and, and pledged my life to her on the spot. I was only 10. Um, uh, but it was we introduced ourselves. And so I just want everybody to close their eyes for a moment. And if you're here this morning, you don't actually know God. You've, you know about God. You've heard about him. You, you, you've heard the stories. Uh, but you actually haven't, don't have a relationship with God. You have never been introduced. The introduction to Jesus is the first step on, on a journey where we call ourselves a child of God or a Christian. And so I want to invite you, if that is you this morning, to say a prayer with me. In fact, if there's somebody here, we get, with the whole congregation, we're going to say a prayer together. But before we do that, I would actually like to know who, who I'm praying for this morning. So if that is you, you're here, you've never introduced yourself to Jesus. You've never accepted him as your Lord and Saviour. Or if you have, you know that you've basically reneged on the deal and you're not living in a relationship with him. Today is a great time to start or restart that relationship. And if you want to do that while every eye is closed, while nobody's looking around, can I just ask you to lift your hand so that I can see it, just so that I know who I'm praying for? And we'll all pray together to invite Jesus to start your life. Is there anybody at all? No? Awesome. Let me just pray for you and with you as we close. Lord, I give you thanks for your presence in this place. I thank you that your Holy Spirit has settled on every single heart here this morning and brought life and transformation to make this week different from last week, better, more transformed and closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen.